Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. I'm here with Dr. Sheldon Martin, Doctor of Behavioral Health. And today we're going to talk about managing anxiety and anxious feelings during the game or competition. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. All right. Well, thank you, Sheldon. You bet. Sheldon's coming to us fresh from Kauai, where he just spent a week with his wife celebrating their 20-year anniversary. That's right. So happy anniversary thank to you. you. Thank That's you. awesome. Looks very well-rested and <laughs> not as well-shaven if you're watching this. So, But Sheldon, we're excited to talk to you about this. So we aren't getting into the deep like, you know, anxiety and depression, those very important topics that we've addressed with you before. But today we're actually going to talk about during the performance, those who kind of get worked up during a game and where the anxious feelings that they're having or the stress or the tension or whatever, that it it impacts their performance to where they have a hard time performing. Like we all have had these moments maybe or have played with someone who's had them where they're they're great during practice, mm-hmm. but then that when those lights turn on and the fans fill the stands and things like that, they have a harder time performing at the same level. And we thought it would be beneficial uh, just to go through some of the tips and techniques that, that you would give with your background as a doctor in behavioral health that would help young people manage and and control that but you actually when we did prep for this you are pretty picky about what words you like to use when it comes to anxiety and managing versus controlling and addressing would you just talk us through why that's important yeah first i would avoid controlling using that verb simply because uh an increase of control also increases anxiety. And I should say an increase of a sense of control, right? This idea of, okay, I've got to control this. I've got to put it in a box that makes the fear grow. And so it's, I I don't like to use that verb because it almost leads you down a road. That's not going to be helpful. I like to use the word manage when we talk about ongoing, right? And, And there are gutters to be aware of and some tips and some things to kind of keep it middle of the row. And then addressing, I like to use with, oh, this, is, this is becoming a problem. Like I need to address this in, in, in life. So for our scenario today, I think manage is a good verb because I'm in that game. I'm either afraid of the performance that I'm about to do or that just happened. And it's kind of overtaking me a little bit and I'm not there and I need to get back. Awesome. So I'm going to take you to a few moments in my sports life, a few failures or, you know, kids that I've been aware of that have faced certain situations. And as we were prepping for this, you were just talking about certain techniques that's used in in counseling people to help manage their anxiety that would be applicable to a game time situation. Yeah. So, you know, one of the greatest failures in my life was when I was fouled shooting a three-pointer my sophomore year versus Hart High School. You were there, I think, and and uh, with no time on the clock, down by two. And, and I remember going to the foul line there, and I was going to shoot those free throws. And, man, my heart 
was thumping. All of a sudden, the fear of failure came in. The other coach called the timeout, which I thought was weird since there was no time on the <laughs> clock. I didn't know you could call a timeout with no time. And I went back to my bench and and I remember just not wanting to let my teammates down and everything. There was no one on the foul line. I walked there. There's a thousand people in the stands watching, making noise because we're playing against that home school. And and I started to, I mean, I, I had made 50, 60 free throws in a row, you know, before I was a good free throw shooter. But in that moment, I started to feel all those anxious feelings, have a bunch of thoughts go through my head. And I think it really did affect my performance. I don't know if there was another time where I missed two out of three free yeah. throws, right? So, so take me to that moment. We've talked about a few, uh, a few tips. Talk to me about which, which of these tips that we've talked through you would use in a situation like that. And, you know, maybe you're on deck and you know you have a big at bat coming up or, yeah. or maybe you're a, a girl on a drill team and, and you're sitting there waiting and the other team is finishing up their performance yeah. and you're going on and you're worried about hitting that aerial or, you know, I mean, it just goes across a it bunch does. of sports. Right. And so take me to that moment. What are some of the tips, techniques that people could do to, to manage those anxieties? So th those anxieties that they feel, so it doesn't affect their performance as much. Great. Well, the first is breathing. And when I say that, a lot of people discount and set aside a piece of advice like breathing because they think, well, I, yes, I am breathing or all, all kinds of mental health professionals say that. And so it can't be uh, the ingredient. But let me explain it in this context on what, what happens. So the fear response kicks in, right? That fight or flight. You, you are afraid of letting your team down. You're afraid of missing. We're going to lose. What does that mean? And, and our mind starts to race. And it kicks in a part of the brain that is emotional based and it's the survival part of the brain. So what happens is when there's danger, your muscles will tense. You'll start. Uh, there's no way around that. If that part of the brain kicks in, you're going to feel tight, which is going to impact free throw shooting, right? As an example. So breathing is not just, okay, yeah, checking off the box and breathing, but it's to get more oxygen into your bloodstream to really take a moment and and just try to breathe what happens is it pulls your body out of that fight or flight at least initially and your your muscles will loosen you'll be able to think a little more clearly so the first thing i would do is is breathe and that's, intentionally breathe yeah and i i see a lot of nba players for example you know <laughs> the camera's right up on them Yep. But a lot of them will close their eyes and part of their free throw routine yeah. is breathing. Yeah. Not just spinning the ball, bouncing it a certain number of times, but it seems like they work breath yep. in, into it. Do you have anything? I mean, I get what you're saying and those who watched probably mm -hmm. saw you. But give us some more specifics about breathing. <laughs> if someone's yeah. listening to this going... Well, obviously I'm breathing or I'm going to die. Like, yeah. like, what would you say to that? So here's uh, one thing that when you hear it, it sounds counterintuitive, but if you try it, you, you can feel it. When you breathe in, try to breathe in and push out your stomach. So as you do that, 
you can feel breath like really go deep, deep into your into the core of your body, right? Mm-hmm. And so as you do that, you're really taking deep breaths and it forces that big inhale, big exhale. What happens when you say breathing is sometimes people think, oh, they, they keep the short breaths, right? I'm going to breathe more. I'm going to breathe faster. <laughs> you know, they, they start yeah. doing a real... Uh, you know, fast paced breathing. That's not what we're talking about. It is slow. It's intentional. Try to push out your stomach, bring it deep into like the core and then a big exhale. And that's just going to kind of calm everything down. Awesome. Is there a certain number like of breaths? Does it ever help to count the breaths? Does it, I know counting and maybe we could go to that one next, but is there a connection between counting and breasts or can there be first tell us about counting first yeah and then maybe we'll get back to the connection between the two if there is one yeah counting is another way to kind of bring uh the anxiety uh down in that moment so five four three two one right the reason that works is when we feel anxious and that survival part is kicking in we're looking for a solution i mean that's kind of been Internally, what's in us, right? I'm starving. I need food. Like I'm, I'm on this quest uh, for for something. And so, by just giving an intentional path as something is counting, it, it can kind of calm down some of the systems in in the body. And so, I would say for this scenario that you're discussing, all of that, I would set a number, and it all should be based on the scenario. Your coach called a timeout. So automatically, you've got a little bit more time, right? And so you might say, I'm going to do this 10 times, you know, 12 times, 15 times. Well, if it's if you just made a bad play and the next snap is on its way, you might have to just, okay, do it twice. Like, I, I've just got to get there more quickly because I don't want it to impact you know, the next play. Right. And so yeah. So I would say some of that is just based on how much time you have. Okay. Awesome. And so is there some help sometimes to counting and, you know, as you're taking those deep breaths to count down five, four, I could see those two yeah. maybe being combined to to work or is it better to do them separate? No, I, I would combine it. In fact, to kind of lay out the sequence, I would do the deep breathing, counting, then we're going to talk about staring at something, right? Choosing an item and then kind of a mantra. So maybe could I walk through yeah, that just, yeah, a, just a little bit? Let's do the staring one. So the staring one, uh, as we talked about, your brain's trying to find a path. It's trying to find a road. It's trying to find something. You'll hear people often describe anxiety as my mind was racing, my thoughts, right? And many times they go from event to conclusion without connecting dots to dots. It's a fast process, right? All of a sudden I drop a pass and it means all kinds of things in life that are not necessarily consciously laying out, but they're all there. All the fears are just brought forward. Such as? Such as, I just dropped the pass. We're going to lose. Uh, because we lost, I'm let down my team. Now I'm not going to be able to play. Coach is going to pull me out. If I pull out, well, why did I do this sport instead of the other one? I'm not even as good at this one. I'm not going to go to college. Right? I mean, yeah. that can happen in one second, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just overwhelming. And so with that, what staring at something does is it gives you something very intentional to focus on. 
So I would choose one thing as simple and as clear as you can be. So if you were on a field, it could, you know, depending on whether you were in the game or out of the game, um, let's say you were in the batter's box and you step out for a minute, you could choose one dot on the scoreboard. And, you know, just, just kind of take a moment and all your focus goes there. What it allows is the other stuff to kind of melt away a little bit, just for a moment, right? Um, in fact, there's a very funny meme that's going around the internet that I, I love for this principle. You've seen the one where Chris Rock is kind of baiting Kobe Bryant on the sideline. Um, and Kobe Bryant's like has <laughs> no, not, not even budging he's sitting there looking forward and chris rock is sitting there trying to get his attention it's 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 kind of funny that kobe does not even pretend that he exists i mean i honestly think what a competitor he was it it literally he chris rock did not exist in that moment i imagine there was something that he was focused on and because of the intentional focus nothing else could distract him Hmm. right so you you breathe count down I'm focusing on something. And then a mantra, it's it's helpful to think this through before you're in the moment. You're not going to be able to do complex thoughts right after something bad happens. But something like, you know, sometimes I win, sometimes I learn, move forward. Right? So I just I just dropped a pass. I'm breathing. Five, four, three. To right, I choose something. I'm, I'm just staring at it. My energy is going in there. Sometimes, sometimes I I win. Sometimes I learn. Move forward. Right, that you can do that in between a play. You really could, right? And and that I think is going to help you lower the pressure that you put on yourself. That's only going to lead to negative results, right? This is a good type of pressure. Yeah. This is, I'm going to get myself right to do better. Yeah. That's awesome. So going back to the staring real quick, I'm just wondering what questions like my own children would have about this. Obviously sometimes in a, like a high school quarterback, staring might be a little bit hard mm-hmm. if you're getting the next play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're, but is this something that can be done in take, take me through a quarterback who's just taken a snap, big game overthrew his receiver and he's coming back and it's, you know, fourth and five. Yeah. First down or, or games over. And, and in that moment, he's feeling these feelings. Oh man, I can't overthrow again. I can't, you know, and he needs to bring himself back and, and, uh, but he also has to receive a play. Yeah. And he also has to call it and get up to the line before the, the play clock. Um, so take me to that moment and take me through this breathing, counting, stare at something mantra and i'm not pretending you're saying yeah all of these things have to be done but what advice would you give in that moment yeah so here's so overthrow the receiver Uh here's here's how i would do that right i i can't think man my world just came apart that was a wide open touchdown if i don't overthrow the pass but we have another shot right and so i can at least in that moment remember breathe so i start okay come on five four Three, right? I turn. Now I'm just focused on my coach. 
And you think about that and it's like, oh, yeah, we can say that quickly. But if I were to take like a maybe a typical high school quarterback, they might be focused on their their, their, their girlfriend watching, the disappointed dad. What a, right? Everything is there and trying to receive a play. But it is just very intentional. I'm staring at the one place where I've got to play, right? I now I'm going to, I'm going to take a second. I've got it. Okay. And, and now I'm going to, uh, as I'm breathing, I've got the play. I've got my focus. I'm going to turn, right? And I can kind of do a mantra. Sometimes I, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Okay. I'm moving forward. We got another shot. Call the play, right? Um, that sequence is, it only sounds like it could be impactful if you walk the other road. Oh man, I just overthrew him. Okay, okay, here's the play. Billy's dad's yelling at me. Yeah. Yep. And you turn and you turn to the huddle, and all of a sudden you were in such uh, not a good spot. You're like, wait, what was the play? Yeah. Right. That that type of thing is very common because they don't take a moment to separate out. Yeah. The, the, the good the good moments, right? And say, okay, here we go. I've got the play and, and move forward. The more uh, an individual can think linear in a short period of time, the better, right? The more I can think, get the play, give the play, mantra, call the play, right? Like we're, we're going to run the play. The more they can do that, it's going to help calm the calm. Mm-hmm you know, all of our systems down because they're going to feel like they're going in a thousand directions. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. In fact, Dustin, as you know, trains quarterbacks and I hear him, I won't get the phrase exactly, but he often says, you know, clear next play, like clear next play, right? That like almost this vision he gives his quarterback of wipe the slate clean. Yeah. Next play. And, um, and that, Obviously, you need that in sports. Otherwise, when you start having one failure compound and like become exponential to many other failures where you're losing three plays from now, right now, because you're getting all worked up. And yeah. And so I love what you're saying about this linear. In fact, it would be a good, uh, uh, just a good practice where we have these rhythmic games. You know, I mean, a volleyball a volleyball player serving a uh, a baseball player st- can step out of the box or put one leg out of the box, and a football player gets the play and has that routine. Um, a dancer, you know, has what they do right before they go on to the to the court. Yeah, it seems to me a, a basketball player has that. Um, here's what I do in my free throw routine. Yeah. Whenever there's a routine to make it linear mm-hmm. and work these things in almost on a habitual basis. Yeah. Is that, is there benefit to doing that habitually or should you reserve some of these things for when the stress really comes on? Or is it better to just, this is what I do every time and manage the stress as you go? No, I think it's something you can practice. I mean, you think you mentioned basketball, you know, if you if you're playing, you know, the wing type thing, and you're a shooter, the benefit of a coach saying, "Okay, stop, catch, shoot." Mm-hmm. Or they want they want them to kind of like this play, come to a jump stop, get the ball, shoot. Right, that that type of repetitive approach in the moment is going to lead to them stop, 
then catch the ball, <laughs> then shoot, right? As opposed to trying to shoot while I'm grabbing it. Those things, the more you can simplify it and break it down, and that is the routine, right? Um, I've seen uh, football teams do this with the snap, right? So, so you've got to first snap the ball, then it's a handoff, then it's a throw, right? And so they'll come up with a couple of three, four words, Here's the sequence, mm -hmm. right? And you can build that into the routine, which really helps when pressure goes up, that there's three words. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You've got to do this. You're just doing what you always have done. That's right. And yeah. uh, the only difference is it's going to determine the game. Right. But when we put that weight on us instead of, okay, this, then this, then this, yeah. breathe, count, mm -hmm. stare, mantra and uh and just kind of come up with the with the routine whatever that looks like in your sport whatever the rhythmic instances where you could do that in your sport if you could get into the habit of practicing that and doing that then it'll help you to manage and address anxiety during during sports yep so absolutely awesome now you mentioned one other thing that i was interested in music yeah. Tell me, tell me your thoughts about music and how music can help manage anxious feelings. I, I assume this is kind of pregame. Could be. I mean, depending on the sport, right? Uh, I mean, there might be a, maybe a pitcher when uh, comes in oh, on the dugout. I mean, there, there's probably a wild other. thing. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, that's right. A little yeah. major league. Uh, something you can do. But the, the reason music can be um, helpful is it, it it has a great ability to engage kind of the emotional centers which can control you know focus it can control kind of hype a little bit you know and, and i'm getting up it can also calm down quite a bit what music does is it allows your brain kind of those thoughts to go somewhere and focus on one thing can actually increase i know it's a little nerdy but for example they, they've done some studies with <clears throat> Um, children like having classical music playing in the background and trying to learn something in school. Um, it wasn't a distraction. It actually enhanced, right? The, the brain was able to kind of catch on to something, um, let go a little bit, and it actually increased the focus of the thing they were doing. Now, it can be distracting, but many times if a player can find kind of music as a way to kind of get to that spot, you'll see this a lot with professional athletes, right? In the pregame, they're they're all airbuds, yeah, somewhere. They're they're somewhere in the world. No one's no one knows what they're listening to, mm -hmm. but they're it's not an interaction. They're they're kind of going somewhere to get themselves in a spot where they feel like they're gonna be able to perform at their best. So I think that using music is is a really good way to block out distraction, mm -hmm. right? You've got a lot of voices, you can kind of control the voice a little bit when when with music. And, and it's somewhere where you can kind of distract yourself a little bit so that you can focus. And the music itself can also kind of uh, increase what, uh, what you're able to do. And so, yeah, I, I, I think players should go through and maybe think of some scenarios, right? Um, I, I knew a, a pretty successful athlete who, with the mantra thing, um, anxiety was just taking over. I mean, it was... Um, it really was uh, becoming way too much. Um, he recorded his mantras on like a, a voice memo. And after, you know, uh, bad plays and that, he would come off and 
he didn't even have the ability. He didn't feel like to remember it. So he just played him. And that's what he went to. And it helped. It helped mm-hmm. him quite a just bit. Just over and over again. Yep. Those mantras. Yep. Awesome. And I assume that we've been previous podcasts talked about sometimes it's good. You know, people are different places on that emotional spectrum, yep. you know? And so to kind of, maybe it's better for someone on the bus ride there to listen to more mellow music and then to get the adrenaline pumping and things like that to, to ramp it up the closer you get to, to the game where others, they might need that mellow music up until the time of the game. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of depending on where we are on that spectrum. I know, man, I, I never had a hard time getting up for a high school basketball game until we <laughs> went to little rock. Do you remember that? Like they had like empty gym, no, yeah, no empty, noise, empty yeah. gyms, and they weren't, you know. To, anyway, I won't say that, but it, it was just wasn't a game that you were like, "Oh, put that one on the calendar every year." And it just felt like you always underperformed there. And so sometimes maybe even managing like, what what am I feeling going into this? It might even vary from instance to instance with an individual. This is what I need. I I need more. Of, something that brings in the adrenaline versus going to play Highland, you know, and a rival that was our rival growing up. And yeah, you didn't need much. I probably needed yeah. to be a little bit more mellow when, yeah. when it came to that. And so music can help manage that. Yeah, it can. Um, I mean, I think we saw this in the NBA uh, during COVID when there was, when there weren't fans, yeah. there were players requesting, like, can, can we, <laughs> can we blast fans cheering when it's a home game for us, even though we're all in Florida. Right. I mean, there were, there was such a part of the routine of how they were uh, finding, you know, energy and momentum that, yeah, we can build it in a little bit because we can use our own music. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sheldon, thank you. You bet. Very much. This is super helpful. I know, uh, for some kids who deal with panic attacks and things like that, these things are also the things that will help manage those feelings of panic when they start coming up and yeah. and will really help them to manage that and and hopefully not be debilitated by it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, everything we mentioned today would be extremely useful um, in the midst of a panic attack as well. It'd be the same advice. It has to be simple. Or there's nothing else would land in that moment. And so, yeah, it works regardless of how severe someone may be experiencing these. Where they are on that spectrum. That's right. Little anxiety about a big moment in a game or a panic attack, just worried about letting down your team and everything else yep. that some kids face. These things would help with either of those instances. And so, yep. well, awesome. Thank you, Sheldon, so much. And Thank you all for joining the Sportlight Podcast. Please subscribe and share this with people who would be interested in this particular podcast today with Sheldon, but also with all of those who might be interested in past podcasts. If you're someone who just came upon this podcast, we encourage you to go back and listen to some of our other ones. Eyes up, do the work. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.